Turn to the book of Hebrews, if you will, Hebrews chapter 1. We'll just read a couple of verses there. Verse 1, God, who it at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, who is also a prophet, the Son of Man. And he said, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Amen. We'll stop there. Jump over to he, uh, Revelations chapter 1. We'll read from verse 4. John was in the spirit on the day of the Lord, and he had uh, this at the beginning of everything being said. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. Now, he's always eternal, so really what he's speaking of here is different offices and in different manifestations and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. So we bow our heads in prayer, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, it's eternal, we thank you that it has life in it. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to sit at your feet tonight. Lord, we want desire just to settle our spirits and listen to you now to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. May you bless us together, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. Brother Branham would make this statement actually as he reads from the book of Revelations chapter 1 in the Church Ages, the Revelation of Jesus Christ series in 1960. He said, I am he that was, he that is, and shall come, the Almighty. He had a threefold being on earth. When he was on earth, he had a threefold being. On earth, he was a prophet. So if you look at it, it said, he, him, which is. On earth, he was a prophet, also in heaven, a priest, and when he comes back to earth again, he'll be a king, prophet, priest, and king, he that was, which is, and shall come. 
He that was was Jesus, a prophet. He that was now is a priest making spiritual sacrifices, a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities and disclose himself and prove that he is in the midst of us. Prophet, priest, and king, but one God. He was the son of man, prophet. He was the son of man, sacrifice, priest. He is the son of man as king, the son of David sitting on the throne of his majesty. So he actually goes a step further. I'm just going to read one more part of this. He says, when he comes back, he'll be a king. Prophet, priest, king. And he identifies it this way. Prophet, he was eagle. Priest, he was lamb. King, he is lion. So now I, I, I read those things, but I'm just going to, I'm making a few quick statements to lay some background for something. So jump back with me to John chapter 14. Brother Branham would make this statement. We've been going into the book of Hebrews a little bit, uh, maybe in a little different manner. I've been picking here and there. I haven't gone through it verse by verse. But, but Brother Branham, as you're turning to John chapter 14, Brother Branham would say the first five chapters of Hebrews are positionally placing Jesus as high priest. Now, let's, let's just take Jesus in, in, the, in the final days as prophet on earth, as son of man, and he's speaking to his disciples, and, and these are some of the most intimate words he's speaking to his disciples is in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17 as he goes through it. But in John chapter 14, he's telling them that he must go away. He's got to go and prepare a place for them. And then he'll, we'll drop down to verse, we could read much of this Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken yet, being yet present with you. Now he's identifying a further part of his, his position. He that was, he that is, he that is to come. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said of you. Now remember, up until this time, the believer in the Old Testament had only lived by the word of God. That word was sent by the prophets. That word was sent by them. And they lived by the sacrifice of, of an animal sacrifice. So it could not really bring into full effect that which God was going to do through the greatest sacrifice ever, the Lamb of God. And when the Lamb of God made that sacrifice, he wasn't done. He didn't go up on the throne and sit up there, okay, let's see what they do with this. 
No, actually his ministry was going to continue. It wasn't just that we would feel sorry for him at the cross, but he would ascend on high and he would become a priest and he would be interactive in our lives even today. Friends, if I can say this, he is interested in what's going on in your life. He is for you. He is not against you. He wants you to prosper. You're his son and you're his daughter. You're his king. He wants you to come unto him. He's the high priest. Now I wrote down about five. Brother Brandon makes a statement and he says, the first five chapters are positionally placing Jesus as high priest. And I I, you could read Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3, Hebrews 2, verse 9 to 18, Hebrews 3, verses 1 to 2 and 6 to 8, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. I don't have the time to read them today for where I want to go to. But if you recognize, Paul was having to take those Hebrews and bring them from the Old Testament into the New. And, and realistically, friends, it was the devil back there that, that gave them, that made the law a law. In their minds, it hardened their hearts. They couldn't receive him as he truly was. And the devil is still at work today. He wants to make the message you serve a law. He wants to make it do's and don'ts. He wants you to follow what, what an organized spirit would do even around this word. And my whole thrust today is that we are not under an organized spirit. Now don't think that those spirits won't rise. They'll rise. They are rising. But we want God to have full autonomy. This isn't about Brother Harold having his own way. It's about Brother Harold under the leadership of the Holy Ghost being directed. It's about Brother Ed being directed. It's about the ministers being directed. It's about the congregation praying for the ministry, for the, the, those to be directed. We want God to have his way. John 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and you shall also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So now he was going to ascend on high, but there was going to be something down on earth inside that was going to reciprocate. Now, I'm, I'm probably leading the way for the Sunday service just with a few of these comments. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm just in, in his priesthood. And I'm also leading the way to where I want to get into the Melchizedek priesthood. Because we are not under a Levitical order anymore. We are not under a denominational order anymore. We are under the direct headship and leadership of Melchizedek. Friends, I desire that with all my heart. And if I could step down there and just be a part of it, that's what I want. I want him to take center stage. That ought to be the desire of every born-again believer. Let him rule and reign in my life, in my heart, in my life, in everything I do. Now, the word comforter is actually the Greek word parakletos, which is an advocate and a helper. 
He's here to help you to be an overcomer. He's not here just to judge you when you're wrong. He's there to correct us, absolutely. But he wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. God bless you, Brother Moses, for the service Sunday night. He wants you to, 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 to prosper in the ways of God. Now, let me read one step further because I really wanted to minister, but what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give way because I want to play a part of a tape tonight. And I feel it's important that we do that sometime. I started reading some of the quotes, and I read this one and that one. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let Brother Branham read the quotes. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit was speaking, and I think it's important that we listen to that too. So now he, he would make this statement. And I'm, I want to play from the message, Rejected King. Now, we we're talking prophet, priest, king. In the Old Testament... Israel made a fatal mistake at Kadesh Barnea when they turned down, uh, to turn down God and, and his promises. They also made a very fatal mistake in the days of Samuel when they rejected the Lord from being their king. Now listen to Brother Brown and make this statement. He says, Samuel perfectly represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's mouthpiece that speaks exactly what the Bible said. Okay, now he'll say this, and this, this, there's actually two messages. This is from the second message. So I want to read this one quote, and then I want to move into where, where we want to go. Many people, if you could remember, you're on earth, but you've got to meet God. You've got to make God your king. Your supreme Lord. Many people receive Jesus as Savior and said, oh, I don't want to go to hell. But when he's, he's not your Lord, when he's your Lord, he's got your rulership. There's one group of people that are going to make him Lord. That's the bride of Jesus Christ. He is not just going to be a figurehead. He's going to be our everything. We were predestinated to this. Now you say, Lord, don't go meddling in my private business. You don't want your private life to surrender to God. But he says, go home with this determination. You're going to seek God day and night and live in his presence. Get away from the things of the world. Now he says, Israel, they wanted this king. What did they want a king? Like the other nations. They got to looking at the programs around them. They didn't want a God that they would have to take home with them. That would be in their, in their hearts and convict them and condemn them for their lives. But that's the God that we need today. Now he says this. The first thing the devil does when he can find a servant of God. Listen, this, is, this was so prophetically striking to me. He, when he gets a, finds a servant of God, he blinds him to the fact that he's lost. He puts his eyes out. He refers to Samson. Samson. Now when the enemy comes in to a church, he puts their eyes out to the real fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that rules and governs the church. He said, all discipline is brought by the Holy Spirit. Do you, Brother Adam would make a statement, do you want to see a church rise like that? I do. Where sin is called out. Where we've got to present ourselves to God. He said, now, 
I wish I could say the words. Now notice, did you see the cunning little thing that Saul did when Saul became king? And the people wouldn't say, well, who's Saul, etc.? He cut up an ox, and he sent the ox throughout all the country, and he told them, this is what I'm going to do to you if you don't listen to me. Now, Brother Bannon refers to that. He said, he sent that piece of ox, and he said, now, let all the people follow me and Samuel. And he says, he used Samuel's good reputation to deceive the people. But it was a rulership of fear. That's not the way God wants it. He wants the Holy Spirit, the God that loves you, that you can serve and kneel before you. That's the God that we want in our midst. That's enough. That's all I can say. Now, I, I really, let's listen to what the Holy Spirit says. And I, I think this, this, this message was preached in May 15th, 1960. It was just a few days after Brother Branham went beyond the curtain of time. Now, I, I'd like to say his encounters with the supernatural led him also in his words. So we're going to pick this up, and I think he starts the reading in 1 Samuel chapter 8. We're going to listen to this. We're going to try and finish. If I have to stop a little early, we will. But are you good with this tonight? I, I'm, I'm using this maybe as a bit of a springboard for, for Sunday, but let's just listen to what the Holy Spirit says. For the reading, 8th chapter of Samuel, and I promised Gene to stay back there to record the rest of this. We were just beginning to, in our meeting. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we may be like the nation, all nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all these words of the people and rehearse them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the man of Israel, Go ye ever man to his city. Now, if I should try to choose from this this morning what I would call a text for the next few minutes, I would like to choose the text of the rejected king. It was a time that is in all times that people has never wanted God to lead them. They want their own way of leadership. And this story this morning, and when you go to your home, it would be good for you to read it all the way through. It was during the time of the, the days of Samuel, the man of God, the prophet. And he had been a just man and a good man, honorable, reputable, 
true and honest with the people, never deceiving them and telling them nothing but straight, thus saith the Lord. But the people had come to a place where they wanted to change this program. They had looked upon the Philistines and the Amalekites, Amorites, Hatites and the other nations of the world and they had seen that they had kings that ruled them and governed them and guided them and fought their battles and so forth. And this seemed to be that Israel wanted to pattern themselves like these kings, like these people. But it has never been in any age God's intention for his people to act like the people of the world or to be governed or controlled like the people of the world. God's people is always has been a, a peculiar people, a different people. A call out, a separated, are altogether different in their action, in their ways, in their manner of living than what the peoples of the world has. Their appetites for things. And all that their makeup is has been always contrary to the things that the people of the world desire. <clears throat> And the people of Israel came to Samuel and said, Now you are getting old, and your sons do not walk in your way. Because they wasn't true like Samuel. They were bribers and takers of money. And they said, Samuel, your boys is not like you, so we want you to go out and to find us a king and anoint him and make us a people like the rest of the peoples of the world. And Samuel tried to tell them that that would not work. He said, if you do that, the first thing you know, you'll find that he'll call all your sons from your home and make soldiers out of them to run before his chariot and bear armors and spears. Not only that, but he'll call your daughters to make bakers of bread and take them away from you to feed the army. And said, besides all that, he'll take a certain taxes off of you, of your grain and all your income. He'll tax all of that to make certain government uh, uh debts and so forth that'll have to be paid. He said, I think you are altogether making a mistake. But when the people said, but we still want to be like the rest of the people. There's something about man and women that they 
long to be like one another. And there has only been one man ever lived on earth that was our example. And that was the one that died for us all, our Lord Amen. and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was a perfect example of what we should be, always about the Father's business and doing that which is right. And no matter how much that Samuel tried to persuade the people continually, they went after him day and night. We want a king. We want a man. We want a man that we can say, this is our God. And that has never been the will of God. It never was the will of God or never will be the will of God for man to rule over one another. God rules over man. God is our ruler, our king. And it's a very, very much of a peril of the day because that man seems to have that same idea. They don't seem to be able to grasp that God still rules man instead of man ruling man. So they chose themselves a man named Saul, which was the son of Kish. And he was a reputable man, an honorable man. But he suited the people just right. Because he was a great, tall, noble statue of a man. The scripture said he was head and shoulders above any man in Israel. He was kingly looking and he was handsome in the face. He was a brilliant and an extraordinary man. Now, that's the kind of man that the people like to choose today. The people does not seem to be satisfied with the way that God placed his church to be governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. They want somebody, some man, some denomination, some certain peoples to govern the church that they're not able to throw themselves completely into God's hand to be spiritual, to be led by the Holy Spirit. They want somebody to do their religion for them. Somebody that will tell them just how to do it and all about it. So this man seemed to suit the place exactly because he was a very intellectual man. And it's a whole lot like today. We like to choose such people too to control our churches to control the church of God. Nothing that I have to say against it, but just merely to make a point that it is not, it was not, 
And it will never be the will of God for such to be. God is to rule His people to govern each individual. (laughs) Then we find that this son of Kish, great man and and his statue and his he seen the suit the people that his robe up on him would look great and the crown on his head weighing above all the other people as he walked would be a a real asset to the kingdom of Israel for the other kings of the other nations would think look what a man how they could point their finger and say Looky here, what a great king we got. Look what a great man that's over us. And sad to say, but how true it is today with the church. Yes. Yes. They love to say our pastor is not a narrow minded man, he is a great man. He is a graduate from Hartford or some great school of theology. He has four degrees out of so and such a place. And he's a very good mixer amongst the people. All that may be all right and have its place, but God's way for his church is to be led by the Holy Ghost and by his spirit. But they like to say that we have this great denomination that we belong to. We have started back in the early pioneer days when we were in the minority, just a very few people and small. And now we have grown until a place that we are among the largest denominations there is. We have the best schools and the best educated ministers. We have the best dressed crowds and the most intellectual people of the city attends our denomination. And we give to charity and we do good deeds and all such and nothing at all. God forbid that I should speak one word against that. For that is all good, but still it isn't the will of God that man should rule over man. God sent on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost to rule in man's hearts and rule in his life. It was not meant for man to rule over man. But we love to say that. It's a very outstanding thing when we can say we belong to such a great organization. Are you a Christian? That's how I fell upon this text. When I was at the hospital, and I would ask one, are you a Christian? I belong to such and such. Are you a Christian? I belong to such and such. And a little nurse came into the bedside where I was reading the Bible and she was a a new nurse on the floor and she said, how do you do? She said, I believe that you're Reverend Branham here for a a physical checkup. I said, I am. 
And she said, may I rub your back, uh, uh, make you feel a little better with the alcohol? And I said, you may do it. And while she was rubbing on my back, she said, uh, what denomination of church do you belong to? And I said, oh, I belong to the oldest denomination that there is. And she said, what denomination is that? I said, it's the one that was organized before the world was ever organized. Oh, she said, what? I don't believe I know just that. She said, I belong to a certain church. Is it that organization? I said, no, ma'am. That was only about 200 years ago, that organization. But this organization started when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. When they seen the coming of a Savior to redeem mankind. And she just stopped rubbing my back and I was stooped a little over this way so the lady could rub. And she was from near Cardin down here and we got to talking. And she said, Sir, I've always believed that if God ever was God, he's still God today just like he was in the old days. She said, though my church flatly denies that, but I believe that it is the truth. Amen. And I said, you're not far from the kingdom of God, young woman. She said, if he ever was a healer, isn't he still a healer? I said, he most certainly is, my sister. But man wants to rule and rule over man, and man wants man to rule over him. He doesn't want to have God to rule. So this son of Kish, Saul by name, was just the answer to what they had wanted. The great stately man and the, oh, he could just lead them to their battles and so forth. Still, it wasn't God's way of doing things. God wanted his faithful old prophet to direct them and speak his words to them. Now, today in our great church age that we live in, we, I think, and believe this with all my heart, that we have exactly gone by subversive from what God ordained us to do. The last words of our Savior was in Mark 16, said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with the new tongue. And if they should take up serpents or drink deadly things, it would not harm them. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. There is not a man, there is no son of Kish, or no one else can produce that outside of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But we have made schools, we have made seminaries, and made organizations to 
to satisfy and to look like the rest of the world. Now, the Holy Spirit used to be the leader in this nation. This nation used to be governed when back in, when they wrote up the Declaration of Independence. And there was an extra chair sitting there. There is not one speck of doubt in my mind but what the Son of God said at that table. Amen. When this nation was founded upon the principles of freedom of religion and freedom to all and upon the basis of God's eternal word. But we have corrupted that. Politics, we have voted men in there under buying and selling and promises of falsehood until our nation and our politics and our democracy is so polluted until it's, it's interwoven with communism and all kinds of isms. And many times we call into the sessions for prayer when leagues of nations meet and there are to have discussions. And in one certain great time recently, there was not even one time call for prayer. How are we ever going to settle differences without prayer? How can we ever expect in all the world to ever do anything without the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Amen. But let me say this with love and respects to our nation and to its flag and to the republic for which it stands. We have rejected our leader, the Holy Spirit, and through corrupt politics have brought in man a perverse mind and if you don't watch they're going to make one of the most fatal mistakes they've ever made right now it's because that the people are desiring man to rule what we need in the capital of this United States as a president what we need in Congress, what we need in our halls of justice is men who have consecrated their life yes. to God and are yes. filled with the Holy Ghost and are led by His divine direction. But instead of that, we choose men of intellectual, men who have forms of godliness and deny the power of God. Men who are atheists and sometimes even worse than that. We brought into our political rims of our nation. Not only that, but in our churches. Our churches have become corrupt upon the basis that We in choosing our shepherds to lead us. We have gone to the seminaries. And 
and have selected man that's great intellectual giants. Man who are very brilliant in mind. Man who has scholarships and are great mixers amongst the people and are great men in the neighborhood, which I have nothing to say against. Man who are kind in their ways of walk, careful in their ways of life, and how they conduct themselves among other men and among people, great men in their fields, which I do not speak evil of. God forbid that my spirit would ever be that evil. But still, that isn't what God chose for us. It's the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Christ in the heart of man. Many of those intellectual men that stands in our pulpit deny the real existence of the Holy Ghost. Many of them deny the existence of divine healing and the power of the Spirit. I was reading an article yesterday, I believe it was, a series of newspaper clippings from Jack Cole, the late Jack Cole, one of my converts to the Lord Jesus, who was a mighty man of valor in his day. I was called to question down in Florida because of asking a young child to remove its braces from its legs and to walk across the platform. And upon doing so, the child walked across the platform normally and fell when it got to its mother, all being a setup of the enemy of Christ. This young woman and her husband brought our gallant brother into the courts of the land. And whenever church ought to stood by Brother Jack, whenever church man that mentions the name of Jesus Christ should have stood by his side gallantly, every man that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus should have fell to their knees in prayer. Yes. But instead of that, across the headlines of the papers, one of our great denominations said they joined hands with the atheists to condemn and prison Brother Jack Cole. Could you imagine a church calling themselves the name of Christ? would join hands with an atheist to condemn a godly man who was trying with all of his heart to stand for the Bible. But they did it. And then Brother Gordon Lindsay was at the rescue and when the unbelieving judge said, this man is a fraud because he taken the braces from that child and sent him across the platform and said he was healed. 
and he lied and he did something contrary to the doctor's orders therefore he has a defrauded case against him and Mr. Cole raised up and he said sir I defy that statement God healed the boy and the judge said I will ask any man in this court if that statement could be true that God could heal that boy on one end of the platform and let him be sick on the other end if that statement can be proved by the Bible then I say Mr. Cole has a right for his statement and our minister raised his hand and he said your honor sir may I state it and the judge said state on and the minister stood to his feet and said, One night on a rocking sea, when a little ship was about to go to the bottom, all hopes of being saved was gone. They saw Jesus, the Son of God, come walking on water. And one of the apostles by the name of Peter said, if that be you, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. And he said, the Lord said to the apostle Peter, come on. And he stepped out of the boat, sir, walking just as good as Jesus was walking on the water. But when he got scared, he began to sink before he got to Jesus. The judge said the case is dismissed. Amen. We need Holy Spirit leadership. Amen. Not intellectual man. Saul, the son of Kish, was then made captain over the people. And he taken 2,000 men and Jonathan taken 1,000. And Jonathan went down to a garrison and smote a bunch of Ammonites. Ammonites rather. And when, when he had smote them, Saul sounded a trumpet and said, You see what Saul has done. He began to get puffed up. Just as soon as a man gets to be some great doctor of divinity. Or gets a little something behind his name. He becomes more or less a know-it-all. God's man are humble man. God's people are humble people. When you see someone who says they have received the Holy Spirit. And begins to separate themselves seemingly not having the faith going about trying to be something that they're not. Just remember they haven't received the Lord Jesus. Amen. Then we find that the enemy set in and he was going to come into a little bunch of God's people and was going to pluck out the right eye of every man. That's what the enemy always tries to do is pluck out both eyes if he can. So that the people cannot see what they're doing. Yeah. 
That's what Satan tries to do today to every Christian. Pluck out his spiritual sight. That he can only follow the intellectual sense of things and not the sense of the Holy Spirit leading him. So then when they did that, when the great defeat come, then Saul cut up two great oxen, sent them to all the people. And I wished you would notice here. When Saul sent the pieces of the ox to all Israel and said, let every man that will not follow Samuel and Saul, let him, this ox be as this. Do you see how deceitful he tried to represent himself with the man of God? How, how unchristian it was. The fear of the people was because of Samuel. But Saul got them all to follow him because that the people feared Samuel. Let them come after Samuel and Saul. How many times today have we heard it? We are the great church. We are the church of Christ. We are the church of God. We are the, the so-and-so. It makes the people get a fear and think that that really is where God's working. And... They don't want the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They'd rather follow a man like that because they like to live their own individual life. That's right. Amen. They like to believe what they want to believe. Yes, Do you see the Holy Spirit is our judge? Amen. God never give us a pope or a bishop or anybody Amen. to be a judge. The Holy Spirit, the person of God in the form of the Holy Spirit is our judge and our guide. Amen. Now, why is that? Please pardon this rude and most rude expression. I do not mean it to be mean. I say it from love. But the Holy Spirit says it's wrong for our women to cut their hair. And it's wrong for our women to wear little shorts and slacks and to make up their lips and face with paint. The Holy Spirit says it's wrong. But we want man to tell us that it's all right. As long as we follow me and Samuel. They like to live through six days any way they want to. Yes. And go to church on Sunday morning and a fine intellectual college graduate with plenty of degrees can speak to them a little sermon that will, a few jokes in it that would tickle their ears yes. and cause them to be entertained like some movie or television program. And say a little prayer over them and send them home with kind of a, a self-satisfied security yes. uh, that they've done their religion. That's the picture. Oh, that's 
That is not the will of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants you to live godly every day in the week and every night. Separating yourselves from the things of the world. But the church don't want that. They want some man who can who can interpret the Bible the way that they want to hear it. They won't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through the Bible. Many of them want to say the days of miracles is past. That's what tickles the people. They want to say there's no baptism of the Holy Spirit. The people don't want to act any different than what the rest of the world acts. They don't want to get on the street and uh, to have their face washed and and man with clean accountants and not cigarettes in their mouth and and um, uh, cigars and pipes and and the things that man do and women wants their hair cut up real short and and uh, little dresses on and uh, showing their farms and things that they want they they want man who will tell them that's all right. And then the other night. Here come a man to tell me that because that I preached against such that a great denomination, about five of them, said we'll drop Brother Bam and have nothing else to do with him. You'll either call those tapes back and apologize for him or we'll drop you. I said, I'll stand with God's word. Lord, it takes everything that's in my life. I'll remain with the word. And I said, well, should you not call back such and such a tape? I said, I have never preached anything in my life that I was ashamed of. I call back no tapes or no records. I remain with what the Holy Spirit says that I live by and die by. Not trying to say about myself now, but I'm just trying to give you an illustration of what's going on so you will see and understand. It's people wants to be led by man. They didn't want Samuel. Then before they anointed Samuel king, or Saul king, pardon me. Samuel came to them again. And I'm going to speak just in language like he would have said it today. You may read it. He said, what is the matter with God being your king? Well, we don't see God. Well, I am his representative. Samuel said, have I ever told you anything wrong? Have I ever prophesied anything that didn't come to pass just as I said it would do? Have not I told you the word of the Lord and I'll ask you this. Have I ever come to you and begged any of your money? Have I ever took anything from you? Have I ever brought you anything but straight thus saith the Lord? And God has vindicated it every time that it was the truth. 
And he sent a thunderstorm and rains. You know the scripture you right there to prove that Samuel was God's mouthpiece. And as Samuel perfectly represented today the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God's mouthpiece that speaks just exactly what the Bible says. That believe just what the Bible says yes. and won't vary from it one bit. Amen. But they wanted somebody who could tell them different. Yes. And the people could not say that Samuel's prophecy wasn't perfect. They answered and said, Samuel, all that you have spoken in the name of the Lord. The Lord has brought it to pass just as you said. There is not one flaw. You never did come to us and beg us for our money. You have supported yourself. You've never asked us to do any great outstanding thing for you. You've trusted in your God and he has delivered you from all things. And your words are true. Everything you spoke in the name of the Lord has been just as you said. But still, we want a king. Can you see the discrepancy? Can you, you see the, the cunningness? Oh, the devil can work on a human being. Instead of yielding himself or herself to the Holy Spirit and listen to what thus saith the Lord is. For a pure life, an undefiled character, for a different life, a peculiar people, a holy nation, an odd acting people, they had rather coincides with the world and act like the world and go to some church that says that's all right just act like that and go on can you see what it is they say there's no such a thing as healing oh the baptism of the holy spirit was a framework to the church in other words then god taken man took the holy spirit out of the church and let the denomination build it up never never there's no such a thing the Holy Spirit, the word of truth was to guide you until Jesus comes. Yes. <laughs> but that's the way it, it went. Saul come into power. He got a great following. Oh, he had beautiful armors. He had singers. He had shields and he had spears. Oh, he outshined all the rest of the nations. And he brought them into a democracy. That was beyond anything that anybody had ever heard of. And that's exactly what our denominations and churches has done today. We have the biggest church buildings in the world. We have the prettiest dressed people in the world. We have the highest scholarships that can be brought. Like Saul's trained man who could take that spirit, they could move it and maneuver it to nations feared them. They were trained people. 
and all. But one day there come a time that there was a challenger come out. And it so excited the whole Israelite army till they stood trembling in their shoes. Goliath made them a challenge. If your God is what you say he is, you are the best trained. And he challenged them. They didn't know what to do. Their fine polished armors wouldn't work. Their spears wouldn't work. There was something they hadn't heard of before was taking place. And with all reverence and godly respects and honor and dignity and love and Christian fellowship, I say this. I read the other day in an African paper where that our son of Kish, our challenger of evangelism, one of Mohammed and challenged him. Billy Graham said, if your God is God, let him heal the sick like he said he'd do. Amen. And the son of Kish with the rest of the army quieted themselves and left the country defeated. That's right. It's a disgrace. Our God is God. We have our good churches. We have our fine evangelism. We have our paid singers. We have the best choirs, the highest spires in the country. We have the finest man, some of the most money. We have the intellectual. We have theology down to the point. We can preach it. We can tell it. We can evangelize and bring people in and make millions each year of converts into the church. Our paid singers, our intellectual evangelism doesn't know how to meet a challenge like that. They know nothing of it. They know nothing of his healing power, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Of a power that can take a shout of a man dying with a cancer and set him free. They know nothing of it. They haven't been trained in that field as Saul and his man-made group was. But let me say to the people of God and to you children that you might know that God never leaves you without a witness. Not knowing to Saul. Saul knew nothing about it. God had a little David back over behind the hill somewhere. That wasn't feeding sheep on ecclesiastical weeds. He was leading them beside still waters and green pastures. He was mindful of his father's sheep. And of something running an enemy to grab one of his father's sheep, he knew the power of God to deliver that sheep. Amen. God.
God's still got a David somewhere. That knows what it means to deliver one of God's sheep by the power of God. Amen. He still knows all about it. Yeah. He had trusted. He didn't know nothing about Saul's armor. Neither did he want any of it. Amen. He didn't want any of their denominations. Amen. He didn't want the old armor up on him. He said, I don't know nothing about it. Amen. But let me go in the power that I know of. Yeah. Hallelujah. He had fed his father's sheep. He had took care of the pastors. He had given them the right kind of food. And they lived and thrived. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall live. The true shepherd feeds them Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. And if the enemy grabs one in sickness, he knows the power of God. Yeah. Look at little David stood there. He said, that guy is a warrior from his birth. And from his youth, he's known nothing but a spear and armor. He's well trained. He's a theologian. Uh, and you know nothing about it. He said, that is true, sir. I don't know nothing about his theological training. But there's one thing I do know. That when an enemy come in to take one of my father's sheep, I went with the power of God. (laughs) I delivered him. I brought him safely back to good health again. I brought him back to the shady green pastures and the still waters. And the God that delivered the lion into my hands. And I slew him when he took one of the, the lambs. And he let me slay the bear. Saul of God of heaven. Amen. Go with me to slay this uncircumcised Philistine. We need leadership of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Let's stand together. Oh, that did my heart good. I'll tell you what, the Holy Ghost in here was resonating with what was being ministered. Oh, let it rise. Let it be greater all the time. Amen. Brother Branham would say this, Feast of the Trumpets. The Holy Ghost has been bound 2,000 years at the door of creeds and dogmas. The Holy Spirit couldn't work in the church because of man-made systems, but she's going to be liberated. He says she's coming back, and he says those two will meet on the same battleground again, Lucifer and Michael. Listen, I, I don't want a Saul fighting for me. I want the Lord Jesus fighting for me. I want the God that I can have when I kneel on my knees and he does the fighting for me. Brother Adam would also say the Holy Spirit's been bound these 2,000 years, but it will be loosed in the evening time by the evening time message. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, 
back in the church again. Christ himself revealed in human flesh in the evening time. He promised it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my, I feel good. Well, I, I, there's lots we could sing. I don't know, I don't know what to say. Uh, Lord, you reign and rule. Lord, you reign and rule in my heart. I want him to reign. I want him to have first place. You know, there, there's much Brother Branham said. He said, it was the people that wanted that kind of leadership. Our flesh would want that. But the God that's being born in us wants God to have his way. I want him to rule, to reign, to, in everything I do, in everything I say. Let's sing. Lord, you reign and rule. 